Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, sorry for the little delay today. I was having some issues. Um, not major issues. I forgot my uh, laptop charger on one of my job sites yesterday. So uh, last night when I tried to upload the show, or not upload it, I was actually in the middle of editing it. It died on me. So whatever, it happens. Uh, anyways, we have... Five guests on today, uh, two previous guests of both uh, Robbie Baldridge and Jeff Kurtz. Uh, Robbie Baldridge is uh, Fifth Drift and Jeff Kurtz is Drift 2K. Uh, they brought, or their sponsors rather, reached out from Apex Auto Works wanting to do like a, like a big group show, uh, which was a little difficult to do with, you know, six people uh, on one podcast is it's a little hectic all right yeah six people it was a bit much so today we have on as i've said already uh robbie baldridge jeff kurtz uh apex auto works which is ran by richard i can't remember his last name at the moment the moment uh super cool guy evan williams with careless uh that's a clothing brand they also do a lot of media uh, and then we also have uh, Terry Tabor from Superior Steering Wheels. Uh, I was looking at their stuff. That's more my style steering wheel. I'm, I like them. Uh, I know that some other people kind of like, you know, the sparkle style steering wheels or something. Uh, I actually like these. It kind of like has that more classic race car look to them and feel. And then the gentleman, Richard, who I can't think of his last name at the moment. He owns Apex Auto Works, and he also owns something called White Pony Dry, which is basically like when you spill oil, instead of kitty litter, um, it's more of like a baby powder substance, as he uh, described it. And uh, I was looking at some videos on it. It looks pretty cool. But yeah, here's the show. I hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you. How you guys doing? We're dead sexy. This is going to be... We're going to see how this works. Hopefully this works well since we have five people in here. Definitely have to direct. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We All were right. talking. Maybe a thing of you actually calling on us to speak before we actually speak. Running like a first grade class. You know, it's recording right now, but I could always delete this out later. You guys want to run over that real quick? How we, How you guys want to do it? Sure. That's the only option I had for it, so you guys tell me. Or we just carry on and rock on. Let's go. We can always do that. Do it live. That works for me. All right, let's go. All right. Yeah, why not? So today we have on again. Uh, hang on. I'm not good. I forgot everyone's name already. <laughs> and I have it all written down. Give me a second. Look at my notes. I know exactly. Notes. What the hell? Yeah, man, you gotta. I gotta. I try to be a little bit prepared. A little bit, not a lot. Oh, wait, here's my notes. Is that a you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves. Start with the drivers. Then we'll start with. Um, then we'll go Apex. Then. 
Wait, okay. Let me find out who's who real quick. Because I got to get used to your guys' voices. That's probably going to be the most difficult part. So we have Careless. That's Evan. Yes, sir. Okay. Taylor is White Pony Dry. Nope. Okay, I'm wrong. Yeah, Richard, Richard Tomlin, White Pony Dry, and Apex Auto Works. Huh. Gary's going to be superior steering. Sup okay. Yes, sir. That's that's my fault. Okay. I was no, I was not informed prior about the White Pony Dry and the Apex Auto Works being one. That same okay. guy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> got it. Got it. We right. deal with him twice as much. Yeah, he's sneaky like that. <laughs> Did he like send you an email from like a different email address and be like, "Hey, we're interested Shh. in you guys too"? Yep. Yeah, much. Careful. <laughs> All right. Okay, no, so he's like, "Hey, we're gonna. I'm, I'm starting this new company. Y'all are gonna do it. Uh, run those colors as well." I'm like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, when someone's helping you out, you know, you can't really be like, no. <laughs> He tells me no all the time. <laughs> yeah, only when you have bad ideas. That's fair, oh. right? That's okay. That's fair. <laughs> all right. So, uh, if you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves, maybe we can go. Um, we'll start with Robbie, Jeff. Then we go Richard, Taylor, Evan. Sound good? Yep. Go ahead. So my name's Robbie. I drive the uh, fifth drift Camaro. Out of Houston, Texas, or thereabouts, drive Lone Star Drift, and uh, yeah, I'm back. Okay. All right. And Jeff, and Jeff can you guys can you guys speak up a little bit more? Yeah. You you two, Jeff and Rob, you guys are together, right? Yep. Yeah, try to speak up a little bit more. Right. Jeff Kurtz with the Honda ST1000 Drift Car or Drift DK out of Houston, and we're back on here. You need any other? I guess touching bases, you can go back and listen to a previous podcast. Yeah, from like what, three weeks ago, maybe a month? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Wasn't very long ago. Yeah. And then you've got uh, Richard Tomlin here with Apex Auto Works, uh, roll cage fabrication shop, paint body, wide body suspension. We play with all things with four wheels. And then I also run White Pony Dry, which is a new oil absorbent product, track cleaning product um, that we brought to market at PRI um, this year as well. Taylor? Terry. 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 Yeah, I'm, Terry. <laughs> is, it, is it Terry Taylor? Is that what I got mixed up? Terry well, Tabor. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm, damn, I'm all mad. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about French. that. Terry. No, not, not a problem. When you said Taylor, I was just like, okay, is there somebody else on here named Taylor? Or? <laughs> Taylor Swift. Yeah, it could have been. <laughs> yeah, right? All right. No, my name is uh, Terry Tabor with uh, Superior Steering Wheels. Uh, we're entering our fourth year of being in business, and we like to, you know, build steering wheels for anything performance. I mean, everything from go-karts all the way up to monster trucks, and we're trying to get into doing a little bit of everything because we like motorsports of all kinds. Nice. I was actually checking your stuff out earlier. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, Evan, you want to go ahead? So, <clears throat> sorry, Evan with Careless here. I've uh, started Careless back in 2012. We uh, started off just kind of selling basic merchandise and stuff like that. Now we started working a lot with like our podcast channel and trying to do different forms of content, and then that kind of helps us push our merchandise. But we've been doing Lone Star Drift since 2012 as well, and 
I mean, we've known uh, Jeff and Robbie for many, many years, worked with Jeff for many years, and then with that, started working with Robbie and love both of the guys, love their attitude, love their driving style. They both have really, really unique cars that make them stand out. And, um, you know, even from beside a brand standpoint, I think they're both great guys with a lot of talent, and I'm excited to see what they can do this year. Awesome. And then what do you, you said you had a podcast as well? Yes, uh, we have a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, uh, I think Podbean, most of the major platforms. It's called Careless After Hours, and it's uh, Careless with a K. I normally have a co-host on there, Cole Holly. He is another business owner, and then he's kind of an influence on social media as well. So just going you know, through basic business problems, setbacks of a small business and stuff like that. And then we also have a lot of unique, cool guests that we run into that are YouTubers or certain other influencers that we work with. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Yeah, so check it out. Yeah, yeah definitely have to look at that. Uh, I might have to uh, search you guys up. Do you guys have like an Instagram where people can find that? Like if you get... I'm sorry. Instagram for the Careless After Hours is just Careless After Hours. And okay. then our main page is just at Careless. And then it's Careless with a K. So it's a little unique, but we try and always bring just a, you know, a fresh approach of, of uh, just doing content, I guess, stuff like that. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out. I just followed you guys on Instagram. so Appreciate that. Uh, so how did you guys, so hang on, Jeff and Robbie, you guys teamed up, right? Who brought whom to who? So let's just say, for example, uh, Robbie had the steering wheel and then you brought it, you brought Jeff in along with you. Is that how that worked or how'd you guys do that? Or did you guys just both happen to have the same sponsors already? So I, I guess my first sponsor that I acquired that's on here uh, would have been Apex Auto Parts. Hang on a second. Uh, Someone's breathing into the microphone a lot. <laughs> I don't know who it is, but it's it's a lot. Of, it's I heard a lot. the same thing. That's pretty funny. Okay. I just want to let you, just want to make sure everyone knows. So just, you know, there's a lot of ahead, uh, background now. Go ahead, man. Right. Yeah. So uh, Apex Auto Works is, is kind of the first person I started working with, which is Richard Tomlin. Um, and then parts of working with him ended up going and doing uh, the Chihuahua Express over in Mexico. And upon doing that is when I first got the Superior Steering Wheel, which is also um, someone that started working with Richard originally. And it kind of fell over into me, which as it fell into me, uh, Robbie was starting to build his car. I showed him the steering wheel. He really liked it, so we rolled that onto him. And then um, along with that, I kind of got in with Evan early on. Um, like I said, our, both of our kind of programs just kind of clicked. We were both very both uh, like-minded. So, and that's just kind of where it went. Um, uh, Robbie is, had a Cabo as a, as a main uh, sponsor of his, and that's kind of rolled over into my program. So, I mean, we've been a lot of sharing of, uh, you know, sponsors um, and it, it kind of works out, you know, cause they're not really, it, it's, it's a lot more for them as far as a marketing standpoint of having two car, two cars out there instead of just having one, you know, say for us, it's a huge thing to have two cars out there running the same products or the same paint scheme or similar cages. Um, that's the benefit of having a team approach to it. Yeah, because if you can get if you get pictures with, you know, both cars next to each other, both cars running with each other, 
uh, it's quite a bit more impressive than having one car with some sponsors on it buried in a sea of broken 240s. Um, where if you have two fairly well put together cars with the logos on them, it, it looks nicer, in my opinion. I agree. I'm tired of seeing 240s. I promise. <laughs> well, I'll throw this out there just because I'm the paint and body guy, but go to any first round that we've had at TX2 at a Lone Star Drift and look at the quality. I mean, Fielding brings out some really nice paint jobs at the beginning of the year, but I mean, next to Jeff and Robbie, there's not a lot of cars that come out that are, we'll use the word finished. Um, you know, most are mismatched or most are dull 15, 20 year old paint. Yeah. And that's, and I could see it both ways that, you know, you really do need to have your car looking good, but at the same time, you know, some people are kind of out of their own pocket and that's kind of not in the budget sometimes. Like you're barely scraping by to get to the round. Oh yeah. Speaking Bobby, from Bobby personal experience. Both, yeah. Robbie and Jeff are both scraping by, I promise. And uh, <laughs> I scrape by as well. And I think there's, uh, there's times that you have to step out and make things happen. And, uh, Jeff's been up some late nights in the shop helping me put my piece of crap car back together. Um, the Apexo said he's been with me in Mexico when I've broken it beside the road and blown the LS up. Um, and those are things where I, as a business owner, uh, make those sacrifices to take the time to make sure that his car is painted and in tip top shape for the first event of the year and the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth. And now we've picked up Robbie and doing the same thing and cars are in a similar, similar theme um, the royal blue is the same color that both cars have, basically a candy blue. And then some accent colors. You can tell the two cars are team, yet they're both independent. And uh, as, as Robbie said, when you have two cars on track that are similar, it definitely sends a completely different message than one really nice car. Yeah, definitely. Especially when it kind of shows that whole, when you're trying to get to pro, that's kind of what you're, you're supposed to kind of do anyways at least you know i don't know if you guys watch like nascar or anything or like f1 stuff like a lot of their teammates the cars look almost identical or if not identical all right i mean like look at uh look at fd what's more impressive when when uh Odie and matt or james and peter running with each other or when you know like brody and josh robinson are running with each other neither one of those is a bad looking car technically it's just you put the pair together and it's something different. It, definitely. Cause it's, it's cause drifting supposed to be about having, uh, not supposed to be about, but drifting is everyone kind of has like their own individual style. And then when you kind of have something like two identical cars, that's always cool to look at no matter what you see. Cause it's really hard to build one car, let alone build the second one again. Yeah. And it increases your presence as well for, you know, for both drivers. Definitely which benefits all of us as sponsors in the end. So, but sometimes you've got to reach a little farther and do more than you normally would. Um, you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time, you know, so you've got to set a individual standard for yourself of what you want to do. And early on with Jeff and my partnership, it was very clear that he wanted the same look I did, which was basically being able to say at any time, we had a top five, a top three looking car. Um, performance is always great, but we're more interested in what the look of the car was because that's what reflects on the sponsors. That's mm -hmm. what reflects on my shop and my identity. Yeah. Yeah. And 
And with that, what kind of, not with that, that's actually completely off of topic of what you just brought up. Wow. When you're you looking for, when you're looking for, or not necessarily looking, but when, when someone approaches you about a sponsorship, what are key things that you look for that you're willing to work with? And what are things that you just, it's a flat out no, like I don't work with this type of, if someone's, you know, offering this, it's not something I care about or something like that. I'm trying to word the question. Yeah. So the the first thing is going to be personal relationships. Okay. Uh, I've been approached, I can't say by numerous, but at least, at least eight to 12 drifters for sponsorship, which is going to be nothing compared to Evan because Evan's got all kinds of drifters that want his merchandise. He's out there. Um, mine is usually, it's somebody that I've known and then somebody that's got very similar goals. Um, I'll give you an example. So, the cars that literally have the bumpers falling off, um, the kids that have the uh, four colors of hair um, that can't wear clothes that match at all, those aren't people I want representing me. And it sounds really shrewd because I was a guy that had the hippie hair down in my waist. Um, I was a guy that had pinky braids in that hair at one time, um, and I didn't give a fuck about what people thought. But now that I'm much older and I have a financial interest in it, if you can be just a little more mainstream, it's a whole lot easier for me to support you. Yeah. And I'll I'll steal Evan's word of careless with a K. He only changed one letter. He didn't change the whole word careless. He just changed one letter of it. It's okay to be a little different, but you've still got to kind of conform to it to where the other customers I get know that they're not walking into a thrift store to get something. Because I'm not making money on the work that I'm doing. Why would I do it? Okay. So it's, it's interesting. There's, there's a lot of drifters that could possibly bring a lot to the table, mm-hmm. but in the end, you're looking for value on what that person brings to you. And some type um, of professional presence. Some type of professional presence. And a lot of people say that immediately goes to social media because that's measurable um, right now. But you can see a lot more when you actually show up to an event with them and just kind of hang back. You don't need to be right up front hang back for a little bit and watch and see what's going on. You can learn a lot. You can learn a lot about people and how they conduct their business because they're representing you, right? I mean, yeah, they've got your name all over their car or all over their outfit. Uh, now getting ready to be driving suits. I mean, it's, uh, it's come a long way and shit, Jeff, how long has it been now? I don't even know before I got into my new house, right? Yeah. It was seven years. Seven, yeah. Seven years, seven, seven eight years, something like that. And the other thing I think you have to think about, because I've, I've dealt with sponsoring some people in, in work and whatever else, something you have to think about is could you take that person and go to a show like SEMA or PRI and put them in your booth for a week or for a day and have them talk to people and or even just be there as a face? Would you do it with all the drifters? Probably not. Do you want to pick only on that? Maybe not, but it helps. <laughs> Yeah, it's a reality. Yeah, you know, is the person approachable type deal? Yeah, I mean, just professional enough to stand in a booth for a weekend at a show, or you know, even like in the pits at FD, are they approachable enough to stand there and talk to somebody about your product or your brand? Do they have basic communication skills? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and 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 what one one of the other big things for for me, especially since I've started Superior, and the the bigger we are getting. The, the more and more sponsorship requests we do get, 
And and one of the things for me right off the bat is if it sounds like, you know, and, and I get a lot of them via either Facebook or Instagram, you know, anything like that, requests that way, you know, that's already kind of like a red flag. You know, you're, you're hitting me up on, on Facebook about a sponsorship, but, but, but you can tell right away is if their motivation is just to get free stuff, that right there is an automatic no. You know, you know, I mean, if, if they're in it because they just want, you know, something for free, you know, or if they come to you kind of like what you said, Richard, you know, the professionalism, if they're coming at you and they have a plan, you know, look, this is what I would like to do for you. And in return, you know, have your product, you know, because that's basically what it boils down to. You know, it has to be worth it for the company to sponsor the driver. You know, it, it, it's about what's in it for the company, not what's in it for the driver. And and when you can tell if, if somebody has that mindset when they're talking to you about a sponsorship, you know, almost instantly. And and if, if they have that mindset, you know, you're at least going to get my attention. But if, if it's, you know, you send me a, a Facebook request at, you know, or a, a Facebook message at two or three in the morning on a Saturday night saying, you know, hey, would you like to sponsor me? I race this and and wherever. It's kind of like, yeah, no. Yeah, step back and take some time to get to know the people that you want to sponsor you and get involved in their business a little bit first. And the other thing I'll say is the the people that come in looking for stuff for free are pretty much the first ones to get kicked to the curb. Um, I try and look at everything as a partnership of, you know, I will reduce my operating expense and cut out my profit um, to make something happen. I think three of like the six times we painted Jeff's car, it's been me painting him. Um, and that's because it saves the cost of paying a painter to do it. Yeah. And you make, you make those individual sacrifices as a, as a business, but you expect that racer to do the same thing. Right. Um, there to bring that back to the table Jeff is lucky lucky in the fact that he has the mechanical skills that he does, and he doesn't mind riding with me in a car in Mexico. Um, so that's been some of the benefits there is uh, him assisting me with that stuff as well. Um, Robbie, kind of an LS guru, um, so he's helped me out on a few things as well there. So it's, uh, it's growing and finding the right sponsor. I think the other thing is don't jump out there thinking that everybody's going to sponsor you or you're going to go get this one person. Sponsorships can come in the strangest shapes and sizes. It's uh, interesting. I definitely have to say that myself because I've got I've grabbed a few more sponsors for this year, and they're not one of them is anyone is in any way like the other as, as far as like the terms, or maybe um, just dealing with them as individuals. Like one will barely even talk to me. You know, another one calls me every time I order something. Just to make sure he's like, hey, you're getting everything. It's coming. The other one will just send send the stuff and not even give me like a uh, tracking number or anything like that. <laughs> so it does. Happen huh? I said that does happen from time to time. Yeah. And th that that can be a little difficult to deal with from time to time. Uh, still trying to get used to that. You know, I'm a you know, I am a millennial. So when we go to order something on the Internet, it usually tells us right away. Hey, this is where your stuff's at. You know, when you're working with someone directly, it could, it could kind of, uh, some people who aren't, I don't know, what's the word to use? 
I just won't use one. Uh, it's not as communicative as they can be. Yeah. I guess is the best way to pr- say it. Um, but yeah, none of my sponsors are like the other. So. Um. But so what? Uh. This is this question is for Terry. What made you start making steering wheels? Um, I mean, most of my background is, is in the dirt track racing world, and, and we got started many, many years ago with that. Uh, kind of took a step back, and uh, I, I started getting involved with my brother's uh, rear end business, building uh, like rear differentials, rear gears, stuff like that for, for dirt racing cars, and uh, kind of like being involved with it, and, and just being involved in the racing, the manufacturing world, and and wanted to kind of branch off and do my own thing. But when we were racing, he was always my crew chief. I was pretty much always the driver. So when when I was looking at doing something, it was like, okay, I was never, you know, the technical one. You know, that was always my brother's position. So I, was, I kind of looked at it and I was like, well, what's the one thing that I know? You know, I always had a steering wheel in my hand and uh, kind of looked at some of the things, of the steering wheels and stuff I've had over the years and, you know, man, I, I wish I wish they would do this or I wish they would do that. Well, instead of waiting for they, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and give it a try and, and throw it out there. And, you know, my brother thought I was nuts wanting to build steering wheels for a living. And like I say, here we are now starting year four. And, you know, we've reached places I would have never thought possible, uh, and, and including, you know, being and, and, and I actually have that wheel here, you know, uh, having a product that we built in our shop that was at the 100th running of the Pikes Peak Hill Climb Challenge. It, you know, uh, I have a love for racing in all forms. So, you know, that was the other thing. A steering wheel is a steering wheel. I mean, for the most part, I mean, you know. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell well, are you saying, sir? Well, well essentially, a, a, a steering wheel uh, a steering wheel is one of the most universal parts to to that can be used in every type of racing. You know, I mean, you know, some guys they'll build a steering box, and but you know, it, it can be used in certain types of cars, but not others. But a steering wheel, you know, almost everything minus a four wheeler or a motorcycle is going to need one. So that was kind of my path to be involved in racing of almost every single type you know, was, was doing the steering wheel bit. So, uh, like I said, my brother thought I was nuts. Uh, we went ahead and gave it a try. And, and like I say, here we are still, you know, three years later, you know, still kicking, still growing and, uh, gotten to be involved with a lot of cool stuff, a lot of cool people. And, uh, like I said, a little, little bit of blood, sweat and tears in each steering wheel we build. And, and, uh, there, there's, there's been a little piece of me that's gone, Heck, all over the country and in different parts of the world as well. So, and uh, I noticed that you have like a lot of uh, when what are they like? Who ha- who's painting the wheels? Are you painting them? I I pretty much do everything from oh, wow. the the fabrication of the wheels. Uh, the, the only thing I don't do right now is the welding. I do subcontract it out because I am I my TIG welding skills are not up to par where I'm comfortable with it yet. So. But uh, I do all the, you know, the, the rolling of the rings. You know, we cut the centers and everything in-house. 
but all the all the fabrication, the the prep, the coating, and then all the designs and everything, uh, pretty much I do. Yeah, these things are pretty sweet, actually. I was I was I've been staring at them, um, and it, that is kind of probably one of the most important things on any racing application is a steering wheel. So. Yeah, I think a lot of people really underestimate it. And, and, and yes, Richard, thank you for pointing that out. I, I, I said that a steering wheel is a steering wheel, but it, it, it really isn't. And it's, it's very understated because uh, by a lot of people because I think that they, same thing, they look at it, it's, it's a steering wheel. As long as it holds together, it's, it's fine. But there's, there's a lot of different unique characteristics about our wheels that have safety, performance, uh, and, and then just comfort in mind, where a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I say, in, in all my racing, you know, that was the one common denominator there was I always had a steering wheel in my hand. And, and uh, like I say, I took a lot of things over my 25-something years of racing and applied that to what I would like to see in a steering wheel. And and apparently there there's been a lot of racers that uh, that feel the same and once uh once they've held on to a superior steering wheel and 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 ran with it uh there's a lot of them that uh that tell me that they will never race with anything else ever again yeah also also this in here real quick just because i think i've sold probably what 36 40 of these things um at least (laughs) the best thing about these wheels is so with my shop building the roll cages and the race cars, I work a lot on the ergonomics of getting people into the car mm-hmm. and getting appropriate wheel diameter um, based on rack and steering angle, how many turns, and based on depth of steering wheel. I've made a five-inch di- – or Terry has made a five-inch dish, 13-inch wheel for me for my car. It's Any a- other car, I would add a three-inch dish and two one-inch spacers bolted together – which is like another eight points of failure in my steering system. And he has the ability to make things that other people are like, you can't do that. And I remember when I sent him the quote for that wheel, he's like, you got to be insane. Well, yeah, but I got long gorilla arms and I've got the weirdest car in the world. So leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> but he built it and made it work. And I can't call any other steering wheel manufacturer and get things custom made. It's one off. It's for you. I can push cars in and out with it. Um, we've got one going in our 53 Studebaker we're taking to La Carrera. I can grab the steering wheel and push this car that weighs almost 3,000 pounds and not bend the steering wheel. You don't even feel a flex in your hand. It's so crazy, and they're lighter than everything else out there. Um, go check them out. You'll you'll find out. Yeah, and for for that wheel to hold up to uh, a my wreck in the 240, and then. The few times that I have lost power steering in my 3,600-pound Camaro in drift uh, with one turn from center to lock. Uh, Batty. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's amazing that it's held up. And I, I have a lot of really bad habits with the steering wheel from driving trucks my whole life. So for me to have not lost a thumb yet is pretty impressive, too. And that's all thanks to uh, Terry's design. Yeah, and 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 that is that is that's, that's a huge deal because I had a friend of mine break both thumbs uh, in an accident because of the spokes catching and and to me when 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 I started this deal I was like okay if, if we're gonna do this we're we're gonna do it with some innovation and uh, try to include things you know not just 
make another steering wheel because they're just there needs to be another steering wheel brand out there. You know, wanted to do stuff to keep people safe because, you know, all of us have jobs to go to on Monday and nobody's got time for a broken thumb to deal with that. So the 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 part of the design that that takes care of that and when I say takes care of it, drastically reduces the chances of that happening is instead of the spokes being welded in the center of the tube, like pretty much almost every other steering wheel out there, we offset the spoke to the backside. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it welds to the backside of the ring. So now when you wrap your thumb around the front, instead of being right in the center where it'll catch your thumb behind that knuckle uh, or, or yeah, behind the, yeah, behind that one knuckle and, and can catch and break it. Now it's going to kind of graze your fingertip or, or miss your finger altogether. You know, and that was that was the other thing. It was like, you know, having a broken thumb because of the steering wheel, you know, coming around is such a stupid problem to have. You know, what can we do to correct it? And we've that's been one of the, the design features on our wheels going back to, you know, the very first one we built. And then you said you started in not four years ago, you said? Uh, well, this is our, our, our starting our fourth year. We started... Uh, 2000 or the very end of 2015 mm-hmm. okay and then evan uh what kind of content are you guys creating oh it's uh, a podcast we try to do like my bad i apologize i interrupted you no no no. okay i was just saying with the podcast we're trying to really kind of do behind the scenes just with the business the things we go through, just the small struggles and stuff, the learning curves, because there's a tremendous amount of those. I think a lot of people try to motivate, but they lack um, the genuine aspects. So we really try to make everything we do genuine. So there is a lot of people out there rocking the name that um, maybe are not doing it with the genuine heart, but that's our mission statement is really just to promote people to live their passion, to follow you know what excites them or do that more on a daily basis. I don't think a lot of people get bogged down by um, just accepting the normal and they don't really have that creative bone in their body but it's clear with these drivers like they really they're willing to put in the extra hours they're willing to do whatever it takes and make the sacrifices to also you know not just live a normal life and go out there and do something extraordinary on the weekends or do something that's out of the normal and drive a pro race car and be very 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 rad and talented at the same time while doing it so that's that's the genuine mission statement and goal what we're trying to do with the brand and why we try and travel and spread the word Okay, so you're just looking for more like a, of a passionate type person. Yeah, actually... because I think a lot of people that are embracing that are just kind of, they're, I don't know, they're not fulfilling life. So in, by by maybe secondary factor, maybe they're not nearly as happy. But I feel like the people that we kind of see on a regular basis are people that are very active in their hobby or pro drivers or an artist or a musician or some sort of active in whatever their passion field is, whether that's working on a vehicle designing a great steering wheel that's living his passion that's something he's excited about he seems very talented at it so i feel like that's kind of living careless to his style but to the people that just go have some basic job and don't really try and do anything creative with their time or potentially try and build something i think that there's some sort of lack of enjoyment that happens because of that yeah i I can definitely see that like uh there's a lot of people i know that are just like i want to go you know to vegas this weekend i'm like wow that didn't you do that like a month ago yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, I I get it. Like everyone's hobby is different. You know, if your hobby is going out, getting trashed, and spending all your money in one night, 
Not that I should be talking because I spend it all in one day as soon as I get paid on stupid car parts. But, but I mean, it, it just <laughs> depends on what you're trying to build, man. And yeah. if that's, you know, you aspire to go to Vegas and have those memories, then I hope that that scales to something in the long run. But where I think Robbie and Jeff would be set aside is because what they're building isn't ordinary. It's it's hard. It's not overnight. Mm-hmm. It takes time. It takes creativity. The body of their vehicles, the style of their vehicles, the style they're driving, that's what sets them apart. And I think that's that's what the careless mindset is. That's, that's what the careless hustle is. And that's what I would want to be a representation of our brand is someone that's very clearly living. I would I hate to say the word lifestyle, but I use the word culture more. They're really living that careless culture because it's it's not easy. You know, you're out there for two, three days at a time. You're going to be sweating profusely. I mean, these guys have wives and children and family. So it's like even your families are super dedicated to that lifestyle. It's not easy. I mean, Jeff's wife, they've had a kid and they're still active as many as events as they can. And I think that's what makes them careless. And that's what makes them awesome. That's why I have so much respect is even in the tougher parts of being involved in the culture, they're still willing to make those sacrifices. And that's what the whole careless aspect is. That's how you stand out to me. And and that's what makes these, you know, unique guys that I really would aspire to work with on a long-term basis. That's, that's very well put. Uh, Home run. Yeah, that's that's very well put. It's not, there's like no negative, there's nothing negative about it. It's very, very well put. People don't know. We're going to talk about Robbie's hair. That was a great area. Robbie, he's got a strong hairline. Like, is it, (laughs) is it moving back strongly or? No, it's beautiful. (laughs) Golden locks. There we go. I got to see, you know. We just we're we're friends on Facebook and we follow each other on Instagram, so we've never met. So maybe someday I'll get to I'll have Jeff's the pleasure. The one who's got the, uh, Jeff's the one who's got the hair dryer under the hood of the car and the the bottle of hairspray in the back seat. Well, he, uh, play, takes well him play. to take his helmet off. <laughs> I gotta look the part. <laughs> no, it's so, pretty wh- funny. Um, actually, you know, speaking with Evan. Um, when when I first met him and and decided it was someone I want to work with, it was um, in conversation. I, I let him know, I was like, "Hey, like, I'm not looking to make this like just a short term thing." I was like, "Man, like, I, I want to grow something. I want this to be something that's long and grow together, and um, definitely want to want to run this as long as we can." You know, so yeah, that's and that's you know that's that's a nice thing. Like with people I work with, um, it's funny. You know, we've been around since 2012. But just looking through my older notes, how many people they don't last a year or two years, God forbid, three and four years. And it's it's clear, you know, who's here to make an impact, who's here to stick around versus here's here just doing the shotgun effect, hoping for the best. Yeah. I think that's... It's not easy. No part of this is easy. No, uh, a lot of it comes down to, like, communication, too, I've noticed, at least in my, with my personal stuff. You know, communicating kind of, like, could be an end all for not communicating at all. So it can be difficult. I don't know how, what their situation was, why they left or anything or they didn't work out. But, um, I think that's the only problem I have. But then again, like I feel I'm a pretty, you know, loyal person as far as, um, you know, sponsors. Like I don't, honestly, I don't want to have to go look for another one. Not going to lie that it is, it's a hassle. (laughs) It really is. If I can stay in this spot and like we build a relationship You know, even if I'm, let's just say I get a sponsorship and it starts off with like 20% off an item, you know, and you build that relationship and then later on down the line, it's 50%. And then it's like, hey, here, we're going to give you free product. 
That is great. I can live with that. You know, going to someone who's like, hey, we're going to give you free product this year. We may not talk to you at all during this year. Like, you know, you send them, at least from personal experience, like I send them updates after every event. Like, here's some photos. I got some media for you. You know, your stickers very clear on the car. This was the only one. And, you know, they're just like, cool, thanks. And sometimes they wouldn't even say that. So I take it a little farther than a sticker because like I've even had Jeff required to take his car to our car show we have in Houston every year, Autorama, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, doesn't really get, I mean, his only drift car in the entire show of what, probably a thousand cars, 1500 cars. Yeah. It gets some weird but, looks there. Yeah. There's, there's things that, that you do for your sponsors that keep your sponsors happy. And it may not always be what you think is wise or the best, use of your time yeah and i'm probably one of those odd guys but that's where jeff and robbie have excelled is any car meets we're blessed to be in houston with a lot of sunshine and really good weather through the winter and we've how many how many car events have you done in the last four months robbie what do you think car shows maybe five months back i can name like six is it that many i can't even remember them all um, all right so we do quite a few. Yeah, so quite a few. The car shows up. The car is there. It's presence. And it's a little different, I guess, because it's all the paint and box car um, versus, you know, one specific component mm -hmm. or even the lifestyle stuff. But that's why both of these individuals benefit my shop um, because of what they bring to the table and what they're willing to do for the business. Yeah. yeah. And that's something I that was never even put on the table. I even offered. Um, I'm like, hey, you know, when you guys, we have, uh, what do we have? At the time, I had the BMW. I can't think of what the show's name is right now, and it's about to be here soon. Uh, it's a it's a really large BMW show, and it's always at um, Fontana Speedway. For some reason, I can't think of the name. So I was like, hey, I'd like to go. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we're not going to be out there. I ended up going. And they had a booth set up. Wow. <laughs> so that's harsh. Yeah, I was like, oh, thanks. Damn. So I was and, just and like, whatever. The other thing that uh, that we find at work, because I have like four or five sponsored people uh, that I kind of work with at work. But one of the biggest things for us, because we're a component manufacturer and, you know, we're always working on different things. Mm -hmm. uh, so not so much with Richard, but maybe more so with Terry, is the. Uh, well, I really like to get back from from sponsored um, sponsored individuals is information on the product they're using and how we can make it better um, is a huge deal for us. We like we have four or five sponsored shooters and they're basically test beds for us. We give them stuff and they test it and we find out what we need to make changes to, um, and then we you know we implement rolling changes based on their uh, their experience and that that's a huge thing for us sponsoring people at work. Um, as well as the, you know, the being seen and all that, all the other things that come with it. But, uh, if it's a component manufacturer or, uh, any sort of part on the car or anything, it getting feedback to the sponsors, I think is a big deal. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's the same thing for us. And, and especially because as much as I would love to have a type of vehicle of my own that I race in, in almost every form of racing, uh, you know, that's, that's probably not possible unless you win the Powerball or something, but, uh, 
you know, but, but it is, you know, uh, doing stuff in, in all the different uh, worlds of racing there are, you know, the, the, the feedback, like you said, is it's priceless, you know, because these guys can, can give you, you know, just any type of feedback, whether it's good or bad and, and um, you know, definitely helps you make the product better. Um, you know, I mean, our, our stuff has gone through a couple different phases and, uh, you know, some people might think it's, you know, that they're complaining or, or something like that. And, and I tell them, you know, no, I mean, you know, you, you've got to tell me, you know, I don't have an opportunity to make something right or to make it better if you don't tell me where there's a problem. Because same thing, once I finish the wheel and I put it in a box and UPS takes it, you know, I, you know, unless you're telling me or showing me something, uh, I don't know about what's going on with it. So, you know, so, so you I work mean, well yeah, with getting, constructive getting criticism. Is, right. Exactly. I, I mean, like I say, you know, it's, it's always nice when, when I hear from people saying that, Oh, you know, this is the best steering wheel we've ever had. You know, I never want to race with anything ever again. That is great. But, you know, uh, feedback from people who, who will tell us, you know, Hey, what if, what if you did this or, or what if we tried this? And, you know, that's just as valuable and just as good because it, you know, we, we know we've, we've started out with a great product, but we always want to make it better because we know there is always that room for improvement. And what if so, someone just has so a yeah, personal that, preference? Right, it, exactly. You, you know, and, and uh, you, you know, so yeah, that, that feedback is is very, very important. That's good. Uh, I've, some people are not very happy about being, or with constructive criticism. Uh, they kind of take it the wrong way sometimes my dad's that way so i know (laughs) (laughs) been there (laughs) yeah i'm like why are you doing this he's like don't worry about it i'm like all right right." so that's called powder powdered butt syndrome once they've powdered your butt you cannot give them advice (laughs) (laughs) huh good to know Keep that in mind. I'm gonna let my son know that. Just shut up. Yeah. Don't, you, That's your two cents right there. You right there. You stay quiet. Sure, add. <laughs> Once they've powdered your ass, good to know. And then, um, what do you guys, if if they do go pro, um, do you guys plan on going with them? If I can keep up, I'm trying. And Evan, taking all my people with me. Yeah. <clears throat> no, honestly, I would like to think about anytime we start working with somebody and I really start investing, whether that's in content with them or just general promotion, media, whatever, I really want to see them go far. And I, I specifically would like to isolate my attention on people I see investing in, even if it's even when I wanting to continue investing in grassroots, because I think there's a lot of drivers that will always do well at that level. And then I think you have drivers like the ones we're speaking about, Robbie and Jeff that have a lot of potential to go pro and go further. And, you know, I mean, you could do all sorts of things with that type of talent in a car. You could do stunt driving. I mean, you could do expos. You could do all sorts of opportunities at, at that pro level. So I think they have the opportunity, and that's what makes them great. Or even to the guys that do want to just inspire, you know, more grassroots competition, I think that's cool as well. But really, really always focused on someone that's going to be long-term invested and doesn't really just want to – um, come out to showboat and come out to just try and take over all of a sudden overnight because those types of people they don't last and they don't really make a good positive impact or lasting impression on whatever community they're trying to make an impact on. Gotcha. And then you guys are primarily you guys a clothing brand and media we, outlet. 
We started off as a clothing brand just selling merchandise, but I okay. try and say focusing on the content allows us a lot more opportunity to, to do more stuff and make an impact. Like going to events and doing podcasts ourselves and audio interviews is a lot more of a way to be involved with big events like Grid Life or Hot Import Nights or whatever the case may be rather than just selling uh, T-shirts as a vendor. So doing the podcast, it's a lot more of a way for us to promote our drivers, our athletes. It's a bit more it's proactive. Bit, yeah, it, yeah, it gives us a chance to give them the spotlight and explain their story and kind of do more about them rather than ultimately just trying to put our brand on everything. And then obviously you still have your apparel, which still does its own thing. Which kind of pays the bills so we can keep the hustle bus fueled up on gas and keep traveling. Because, you know, doing the big events, they cost a lot. And yeah, then there's, getting there, you know, man. maintenance. Yeah, maintenance fees, vendor fees. I mean, ho- that's not even hotels, gas, and food. So we're really just trying to live the rock star budget or the rock star lifestyle on a budget, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's- Evan, you left beer out of the budget, Evan. <laughs> See, it's not good words for our investors. But yeah, there, there's, there's a case of beer in there. I promise you. All right. Evan, <laughs> Evan's figured out the way to get uh, everyone in the pits to love him, which is to cook tacos at every event on both days. And then, uh, then we're all always at his uh, band. <laughs> See, that's a good way. Just bring them food. that make them all happy. And then they bring beers in return. And then it exactly. works. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah, that you get drunk for free. You feed some people. <laughs> and then when you get drunk, you get a little bit nicer and you're like, take some more food. There you go. <laughs> it's a cycle. Yeah, it's a vicious one. But do you, um, do you, have you ever designed like a shirt? Do you design their team shirts? at all or anything like that or do you have like a team shirt set up for them uh, i personally would love to do a lot more in that department as we continue to grow right now we do not have like a specific designated designer but working with jeff for as long as we have um he really made it like because i always talk to any of our athletes or drivers or whatever it may be i always try and ask what their priority is and one thing jeff really wanted was good quality high high look like high quality just good stuff looking shirts and so we helped him or we got with them we had one of our guys mike uh, work with them and we got a design we had a few options and then Jeff really liked the direction of one of them so that's where we ended up kind of creating the logo that has the careless.com below it um, so then he's he's used that for graphics for his vehicle he's used it for key tags we helped him make um, he's made some shirts for his family and friends and you know maybe some of his social media following so that is a way we can kind of help maybe add a little bit certain dress up to a driver's program outside the track because there's there's no auto, automotive parts we can offer that will make him drive better but if we can kind of help him from a branding standpoint or like robbie had mentioned like that's being there at sema you know how can we be there at sema for him well, if we can make him look like a presentable driver and have you know a confident logo behind his name and behind his brand and consistent branding on that then that is something we can legitimately bring to the table that will make an impact on his driving program hmm. and what when someone, if someone were to approach you, what is something that I know we've kind of touched a little bit on it as like the lifestyle, but um, what is your preference on when someone is to reach out to you? Um, is it something that you already want to know the person or, you know, do you ever handle like a cold email? You know, does that happen often? Do you ever work with people like that? How do you go about doing uh, or handling sponsorship? proposals i was and we got a lot of people that hit us up mainly on instagram but it's people like i hate to keep referencing back to the same guys but you got jeff and robbie there you know consistently they're always working on it always posting about it jeff and uh jeff's always posting motor updates and things he was doing at the shop so 
that's genuine people that are consistently just trying to better their program because we, we see this progression, whether it's through social media, whether it's in person. We're located in Dallas, so I don't see it as much in person, but I see uh, visually on Instagram and stuff like that. He's always working on his program. He's always focused on making it better, make it more appealing, make it more powerful from a vehicle standpoint. And the same thing to some of the riders that we work with that are either on a motorcycle or maybe in a show car type situation. It's just you got to be consistently trying to improve yourself. I mean, that is my biggest setback is I'm always trying to work and do these different projects, but it's the overall idea that I'm always trying to improve myself to some degree. And that's something I see in their program as well. They're consistently out there. You were just referencing Robbie's been at like four or five or six shows. And, you know, he's consistently putting his car out there and working to get his brand out there and his self as a, or himself as a driver out there. And that's something I respect. We do a lot of events. We do, um, a lot of content creation as far as photo shoots and activations and pop-ups and that takes a lot of energy it takes a lot of time but that's that's where we're at as far as a brand and i respect seeing that in a driver hmm. and what's something that you you know you typically just kind of shy away from just to just to give you know maybe not specifics but just examples of people to who are going to hear this who are going to be reaching out to sponsors Something that they, they can know not to do. I, I don't know, just talking crap on social media. That tends to be very popular. I mean, I'll, I always I'm guilty passionate. of it. I did it. I, yeah, I mean, bring me a beer. It. I'll tell you about it in person all day. Yeah. But <laughs> as far as social media, you'll never see me. I mean, I'll just delete that type of stuff. We had a photo recently that it was a, a specific person that has a very well-built bike. And so our logo is in it. And then right behind our logo was another company's logo. And uh, I had no idea that there was a bad connotation with the following company. I had honestly, I even saw the logo and I mistaken it for another company. So I was even surprised to hear what hurt, what all I heard about. But um, long story short, that second company that was right behind ours in the picture had, um, I guess, just some bad stuff pop up recently that I had no idea about. So when I posted it, people were like, man, you know, this guy, he had just some really inappropriate things not to try and, you know, take that turn on this podcast, but inappropriate things he was accused of recently and so people just weren't happy to see us sort of pub like putting his brand up there in a larger platform on our instagram it's like a lot of negative comments and it wasn't something that i wanted to continue to feed or allow a platform for people to talk shit or promote this this you know inappropriate news or whatever the case may be so just delete it just get it out of there i don't i mean i don't want to see it i don't have time for it i'm not going to read the comments I don't want to promote it. I want nothing to do about it. I don't know that person's business. I don't know if it's true or false. It's just that's not for our people to see. All of our contents, you know, positive quotes and positive vibes and trying to promote people to find happiness and just, you know, whether it's being a race car driver or a tattoo artist or a painter or whatever, just continue doing what makes you happy or create whatever like I mean, uh Rob Chairslayer, like listening to his story, that's so crazy. Like, you know, losing yep you know you know his legs and stuff like that and then he turns it into this great thing for a lot of other people that are stuck in a similar situation that is like a beautiful beautiful version of what i aspire for you know more people to do and so just bringing out that type of negativity is never going to bring you good results and that's that's just something i will always boldly stay away from and you know not to get people politically motivated or hyped up just keep it neutral and keep it on something we can all have a good conversation i can definitely what were you saying? Oh, I was just saying I second that. The amount of drama that's generated by some people is not worth the possibility of any reward. Um, so we cut the fat really, really quick as well. It's just it's not not needed. There's too many other things that are out there. So 
Yeah, it's I, a quick way to get cut. Yeah, I, I made the mistake previously of uh, you guys follow Formula Derp at all. <laughs> maybe. All right. So <laughs> maybe. So maybe Some people are laughing of the seven. That's interesting. Go ahead. Okay, so you guys know who Andy Andy FD is? Uh, yeah. I don't know what his position is there. I just know he's he's not the person you want to mess with at FD. That's what I know. Well, anyways, they posted a picture of him. I made some dumbass comments. He came up to me at um at the Drift League. He's like, "Hey, can I talk to you?" And he brought it to my he brought it to my attention. And at the time, I complete I didn't remember. I didn't know what he was talking about. I was like, "What are you talking?" He's like, "I can show you." I was like, "No, no, no. That sounds like something I'd say." But I was like, I don't remember it. So I went and looked on my phone and I was like, oh, shit. And he goes, he's like, that's my first impression of you. He's like, I want you to know that. Yep. And I was like, damn. So I deleted it and I won't say what I put. But uh, that is. Oh, come on. That's very. It was. It was. It was. I was drunk and I was being an asshole. Um, <laughs> so so never originally from Houston, by the way. Who, Andy? Yeah. Oh, I, I, oh shit! Did not know that. Yeah, so he uh, he called me out right in front of me. He goes, and then he gave me some examples of uh, some other people doing shit like that. And he goes, "If you make it to Pro Two, he's like, you have to deal with me now." <laughs> I was like, some "Great stories of Andy." I was like, yeah. "Dolly noted, thanks." <laughs> you got some great stories from. Uh, friends that ran Pro One and Pro Two of uh, their run-ins with Andy. Oh, really? Yeah. Can you share any? Uh, nope. nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a he's a hard ass man. Well, he's he's Yo. passionate about his uh, his brand and his yeah, you yeah. know. He'll he'll call you out on your shit in a heartbeat. I really respect that for from from him. No, yeah, no. He's, yeah, yeah, you gotta think of what his position is too, though. I mean, I don't know what it is. I was curious. Grand yeah. Poobah. Um, He's like the like, shit handler. That's all I know. Like he makes sure much. shit gets done and no one fucks around. No, yeah, he's great. Yeah, and uh, he. That's. But so yeah, your online presence is just, is definitely something you need to be careful with. And I know I kind of stand on a slippery, you know, on a fine line sometimes with uh, what I find funny and my sense of humor. Um, so I can't share all the memes that I find funny, but I can share some <laughs> of them. Hey, I've, I've even posted some things cause with the careless name, you think we could get away with almost anything, but I've posted a few videos that I personally thought were very lighthearted and funny and got extremely hard feedback. So there's, there's two specific ones that come to mind that I thought were very, very innocent and immediately struck somebody on the wrong side. So we had to go back and delete, delete them. So I can understand even when you think something's funny, the other person may have a personal situation that affected them negatively and uh, they could completely look at it differently. Yeah. I've gotten in the habit of uh, saving them when I find them really funny, but possibly inappropriate. And then either text messaging or showing somebody over beers next time I see them. <laughs> because it's it, 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 your mom, exactly. see what she says. <laughs> Well, and, my, and that's kind of the same thing for, for us. You, you know, I, I use my, I mean, even my personal Facebook page, you know, just for, for random funny stuff and same thing. If you didn't like it, okay, you know, you know, delete me then, you know, but, uh, but even my, like my personal Facebook page is, 
is basically everything just the steering wheels, everything business. You know, I don't even put anything out there. But 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 like you said, you know, I see a funny one, you know, save it, and it's just like you know either either private message or or, or a text message. You know, all all the the sick and twisted stuff that the that I find humorous. Yeah. Yeah. So you gotta. You gotta know your you audience, know, or, or, or wait, or, or wait till I see Richard next time, and then show him in person, and be like, "Hey, look at this shit." Usually, he's got something twice as bad, though. So. <laughs> hey, hey, good point. Yeah. Telling people that. <laughs> That's it's. I just don't want it to anyone to do that because I made that mistake, and you know, I made that mistake with the worst person you can possibly do that with, in Formula Drift. So. Yeah. Much. you know but it was a lesson hey, but, but, learned but, but like you said it, at least he came up to you in person and did it and, and not like a lot of these keyboard cowboys who want to act all tough you know while they're behind a screen you know he came up to you like a man and be like you know hey look you know met you face to face i mean like you said you, you yep. kind of have to respect that at least i do and no it, he even made a great point he's like you're lucky it's me that's coming up to you he's like because uh he just gave an example uh there was a confrontational call between two drivers and one of the drivers that won, he has nothing to do with this call that is made by the judges, mind you. Right. Someone went and shit in his pit. Like, took a shit in his pit. Like, they didn't shit in the toilet. They, just, they shit in his pit and left. Like, they found shit in his pit. Like, it was just, I was like, wow. Was like, wow, I've That's never some... heard of that. He's like, and then you get people who will actually come up to you and just start kicking your ass. So yeah. I was like, that's, that's those, those are, these are all valid points. So uh, it's, it's definitely a lesson learned. So don't be an asshole online. Yes. <laughs> if you're drunk, just shut your phone off. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've, I've, always, I've always said that. The, the phone needs to have a, like a breathalyzer app or something. <laughs> Dude, it does. It, it, it shuts off the text message yeah. abilities. Shuts off Facebook Messenger, Facebook period, Instagram. It, you know, it just if, if, your, if your blood alcohol level is above this limit, your phone is almost like deactivated. Yeah, like <laughs> it won't let it won't allow you to call your ex. It, you can like call a taxi and you can call your mom. Like that's about it. Yeah, you don't want to call your mom. Uber, that's it. Yeah, you may not want to call your mom. You might want to uh, take something out on her when she like. I have bail money, so that might be useful. Yeah, she might have taken. <laughs> she might have taken your Game Boy when you were six. And you're still bitter about it. <laughs> so, um, with drifting, how did how did you guys end up getting into drifting? Because I know that Richard and Richard, correct? Yeah. Okay, and Terry, you guys are not our age. <laughs> it's the best way I can put it. You guys are a little older. Whoa, 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 whoa. So, so, uh, the table. Come on now. No, yeah. Uh, Keep saying you guys got more experience. You guys are definitely up to that. Wisdom. Exactly. You guys are, yeah, wisdom. Damn. Great hairs and all. You guys so are more. You, stuff, you guys I'll are just, more mature. I'll touch on that a little bit. Jeff, Jeff years ago was running, what we call a Jim Connor, and he was running on. He wanted to drift, um, Lone Star Drift, and in my mind was not yet around, and he was running some small events down south, 
And it was an opportunity for me to take my, at the time, which was called a legend, the NX series legend, five eight scale dwarf car down and try and drive it around his little Gymkhana course. That was what, like maybe 18 parking spots total. Oh, it was tiny. It was crazy. I couldn't get out of first gear. So I sit there and did smoky burnouts and drifts and then watched him do the S2000. Like, that's cool. And it was at that point that we kind of hit it off. And I guess it was probably a year later, he decided to start doing more and more drifting with his car. Lone Star Drift had arrived. And uh, about a year and a half into that, two years, we did the cage. And that was my introduction to drifting. I've drifted, I guess, three events total. I had the legend out there. I had two events where I drove a uh, Camaro D28, which we thought it'd be fun to take old road race Hoosiers out there and use the last, you know, two passes on them. How'd that we go? We couldn't finish laps on them. It was good fun. Spent more time changing tires than driving, but uh, I was trying to hit of my drifting, so I just come out and watch and drink beer now. It's easier that way. And Terry? Uh, I mean, like I said, all all my uh, my ex racing experiences is mainly circle track stuff. We did a little bit of uh, uh, like road course stuff earlier earlier in my career, but uh, you know we, you know, just my my whole love is you know the automotive and and racing in general uh, and just anything performance. So I mean, you know, I've I've never been to a drifting event. You know, as far south as I am. Uh, it's still Texas, but you know, I tell people South Texas, and they say San Antonio, and I'm like, no, there's still like four hours of Texas south of that. You know, I'm I'm way down here in, in Mission, Texas, which is right on the U.S.-Mexico border. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if you've ever watched that show Live PD, that that's that's my hometown. So, <laughs> as as messed up as that sounds, you know, that's where I'm at. So I mean, we don't have a whole lot of drifting and stuff down here, but. Uh, you know, I, I definitely have a ton of respect for, for any of those guys that do it because, uh, you know, we, we did all our, our drifting on dirt. You know, dirt track racing, we're very, very rarely ever straight on the track. You know, we're always sliding sideways. But uh, I, I think it's a little bit easier to do that on dirt than it is to uh, to control a drift on asphalt or concrete. You know, so, uh, you know, my, my hat's off to these guys who, who can do it and and make it look as awesome as it is and uh it, you know like some of the uh the ads and stuff or or stuff we put out there you, you know on facebook I, I don't think that there's been kind of a collage of pictures of cars you know or customers cars and stuff like that that i put out there when i've done a collage that's uh not had you know i think jeff's car in there uh it and most of the stuff we've done just because it it just it looks so awesome, but uh, but yeah, like I say, most most of my stuff's all dirt track related, and uh, I got introduced to Richard through a, a mutual buddy, Bob Bartley, and uh, got got to meet him at PRI not this past year, the year before, and like I say, just busy had a good year. time just being involved with it. Gotcha. Did you when you guys were because uh, my dad. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, real, I'm really referencing your guys' age here a lot. My dad always told yeah, me. Yeah, and, sorry. And, and you keep saying you guys' age. I'm not even 40 yet. So, I mean, you know. Oh. <laughs> Shit, I feel like an asshole now. <laughs> 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 you know, it's, 
It's your voice. It sounds aged, more aged. <laughs> hey, 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 can can we back up to the whole experience, you know, kind of deal that you threw out there? I, you know, you, it's... You, you, you say aged. Uh, we'll, we'll use experienced, whichever yeah, one you yeah, want. There you, <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, makes me sound more distinguished. It <laughs> certainly does. <laughs> um, is there anything that you're doing specifically for... Like, do these steering wheels have differences in them for, let's say, a uh, circle track or a drift? Or is it just kind of like whatever anybody's personal preference is? It doesn't really matter. Um, I mean, essentially, you know, the, the circle track wheel uh, versus, you know, one like the Jeff uses, there's not a whole lot of difference um, other than, you know, a, a lot of the drift cars use a different... Uh, uh, a different hub so i mean that's one of the the main differences uh they use like a our what we call our big six or like a momo style mounting hub whereas a lot of our dirt cars it's a a smaller three bolt pattern for a, a quick disconnect to, to take off but um i mean essentially there there's not a lot of difference in 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 the wheel itself other than that but uh but you know, I, I do like talking with drivers. You know, I, I have this one guy who, you know, we make our wheels extremely light, you know, to, to keep weight down and stuff like what Richard was saying. But, uh, you know, I've, I've got a guy that uh, ran with a, a steel, an older, older style steel wheel. And, you know, was talking about the differences in running our ultralight aluminum wheels. And, and run that steel wheel and, and you know, he can feel a difference. You know, yes, you're not carrying the weight, but you are still having to turn that weight and, and having that, like, I guess that heavier rotating mass that it, uh, it, it he said it, it felt like it smoothed him out more. Hmm. So, you know, that's one of the things we're experimenting with is, you know, actually, you know, yes, our, all of our wheels are lightweight, but on his, we're using thicker tubing. And we're trying to actually increase the weight, you know, because of, you know, the, the difference he feels as a driver behind it. So, you know, anytime somebody's got, you know, like when, when Richard, you know, when he was telling me he had that very first wheel, it was a, a three-inch offset wheel. And, you know, that he had this huge, humongous spacer, you know, to get the, the depth and everything. And he and I was like, well, dude, why didn't you tell me? I'm like, why don't we just build the dish, get rid of that heavy-ass spacer, you know, and, and like you said, now you've got how many more points of failure, you know, potentially there. And I'm like, you know, let's build the dish into the wheel. And, you know, it was like, okay, well, you know, we, we can do that and, you know, get it. So, I mean, you know, if somebody's got something that, you know, kind of an off-the-wall deal, that's kind of what we want to specialize in. You, you know, we have kind of our standard you know, stuff, but, you know, when, when you call and order a wheel from us, you know, if you've already got in mind what you want, um, you know, tell us and, and we can build it that way because pretty much each wheel is built to order. Uh, right now, we, we've been so busy since Christmas, I, I don't have anything stock on the shelves. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to catch up, you know, with orders. You know, we're 50, 60 orders deep right now. So, you know, everything is built to order. So, I mean, if there's something that you have, you know, something that uh, that you'd like to see different, you know, we can we definitely give it a try. You know, there, there's only been one or two, I think, requests over three years I've not been able to fulfill, which they were 
extremely off the wall requests, but, uh, you know, but, but everything else, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've accomplished and, and it's been, it's been an awesome deal. And for reference, I'll add that the steering wheel he's talking about, we saved four and a half pounds in steering wheel over what I had before. And like the Bob Bartley comment, what we worked on with his was almost six pounds of weight saving over an OMP and Momo type adapter. Uh, so if you're really concentrating on weight and stupidity, um, getting weight down is the fastest way to make, quickest way to make your car fast. So the wheels make a huge difference. They're good stuff. Yeah. Uh, we, we like to think so. I'm just waiting when we can get all the uh, different motorsports together with, with yeah. the superior steering wheel. We need like a picture of all of us actually parked together. That'd be epic too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. Jeff just uh, wants and, to drive and, a monster. Can we get Gravedigger to, can we get Gravedigger to show us? Gravedigger right. uses yeah, that, your that, steering that'd wheel? That'd be awesome. Yeah, and, and, Which and one? We're, we're sell, we're, we are selling a lot more into the, the monster truck world and, uh, you know, getting more and more of the, the bigger name trucks, the uh, the zombie monster truck. You know, we, we just sent wheels off to him. Nice. And uh, I'm, work, I'm working on a wheel for uh, uh, Armando Castro in the El Toro Loco truck. So, you know, we're, we're, we're getting a lot more into that. And, and it was funny, after Richard, after I built that wheel for you, uh, I had an, another guy ask almost ex identical, identical <laughs> wheel to what I built for you, but uh, his went into one of those half million dollar offshore power boats. Wow, nice. Very so, cool. so yeah, like your, the the twin wheel to uh, the yours, you know, for the Pike's Peak car, that uh, that its twin is in a half million dollar offshore power boat. I'll take the half million. Yeah, no, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'll also take the half million. It'll work out. If I can get you out know of... You uh, kind of cool steering wheels I could build for a half million dollars? Shoo! <laughs> yeah. I think you'd be busy for the rest of your life. Yeah. All right? No kidding. Um, with... So, Richard, your shop does everything? Because you said you fabbed up a cage, and then you also said you painted their cars. Yep, we do cages, we do paint. The saying is, yes, we do that. Until we can't do it, then we take it to Jeff and Jim at MSR. Um, we do a lot of things. And what I learned early on, because I'm old and an elder, and walking with a walker and tennis balls on it, um, is that when you, when you say no to opportunities, um, that opportunity is gone forever. Kind of exactly. Evan was saying with the click careless is... Uh, just say yes. Just say yes. Try it. You might learn something. That's uh that's an optimistic way to see it. Oh, I get myself into some shit, don't yeah, worry. I can I can only imagine. Uh, we've got a race in a week in Mexico. Shit, dude. And, mm. Yeah, and we just pulled the motor out of this fucking Miata because it failed to crank. Um just insanity. So if I'm out of it, sorry. Just kind of trying to do two things at once, or maybe twenty. Uh, yeah, we can hear. <laughs> yeah. Richard, Richard's kind of in the same boat I am at work, where it's uh, jokingly referred to ourselves as the bad ideas department. Basically, somebody shows up with an idea, said, "No, that's a terrible idea. We could never do." Give me a week. 
Um, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah, uh, the, I've had I have about three projects going on at work that pretty much started from that, where it's like, no, that's a stupid. Oh wait, no, it's not. Uh, yeah, just just give me a month. I'll get it. I'll figure it out. Figure something out. Yeah. It's just reminding me of work right now. Like we have a salesman. I'm like, we install fire alarms. He's like, well, now you're digging a ditch. And I was like, I guess I am. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was so, like, does all the right. battery in your smoke alarm just go off at like, just die at one o'clock in the morning on purpose? Or? If you're talking about a smoke alarm inside your house, yeah, yeah, like, that has that nothing just... to do with what I do. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, you know, they only die at one in the morning if you have a child under the age of four. Yeah, Agreed. that that wakes up crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's called destiny. <laughs> no, what I do is like you guys ever been to like a like big apartment buildings or like a hotel? Yes. Yeah. Uh, like the fire alarm, like a big fire alarm, like that. That's that's what I do. Uh, what? Pays the bills. Yeah. Yep. But where are you guys? <laughs> What are you guys hoping for out of these guys this year? Other than uh, looking good and having nice steering wheels and being positive. Um, for for Richard, we're uh, I really am hoping to get at least attendance to Formula Drift. Um, we'll be there in show if nothing else. Okay. But would love to get to the point where we're dabbling in one to two events a year. Um, maybe that's a goal for 2020. Probably not 2019, as a lot of changes are happening with Jeff and Robbie's car. Um, but they've made some big trips in the last year. And uh, we've got some trailer situations that are becoming better and tow vehicle situations. And uh, I think 2020 will be a different year for all of us. There's a lot of stuff on the table. So not going to throw it all out there yet. But uh, we'll see some changes coming forth, I hope. Definitely, man. That sounds good. And Terry? Uh, I mean, as, as far as, you know, what I'm looking forward to, you know, kind of same thing like Richard, you know, this year we're, we're, we're doing still a lot more growing. Uh, we, we brought in a lot more equipment in-house uh, towards the end or the middle of in, end of last year. So there was a little bit of a learning curve, you know, trying to get, you know, some of the new equipment up and running. So, you know, we're still kind of recovering from that. So, you know, 2019 might not be a uh, a year where we get to get out, uh, you know, as, as much as we want and go to a lot of these uh, events, you know, regardless of what it is. But uh, you know, we're 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 doing a lot of growing, and um, you, you know, hopefully we we recover, you know, a lot from some of the the growth from last year, and uh, you know, we're 2020, we can actually get out and actually go to some of these events would, would love to, to, to go and see, you know, Jeff and, and Robbie and, and these guys, uh, you know, run in person, you know, and, and be involved with the event. And, but, uh, you know, man, just seeing some of the pictures, you know, seeing their presence and everything on, uh, on Instagram and everything and, and, the, the pictures they post, you know, that, that's, that's awesome. And it gives me material, you know, to, to go through and promote, you know, our products, and in turn also promotes them and, and, and the sport that they're in too. So, um, you know, like I say, just hoping to where we can get out and do a little bit more traveling come next year and, 
and, uh, you know, like I say, get to participate instead of, you know, being on the, uh, the sidelines watching, watching from home on my phone. Yeah, that's uh, being so far away because I've driven across Texas before. And, oh, uh, yeah. I drove Short from... trip, right? No. Uh, hang on, real quick. <laughs> so I, drew, I left from Austin. From Austin to El Paso, and then was oh, well, like a day, a day. Okay, but I left from El Paso back to home in LA. It was a shorter drive from El Paso to home than it was from Austin to El Paso. Texas is the best place to live. Yeah, yeah. and then I drove. You know how much rec- racing we get done in that eight hundred miles on I ten. I know. <laughs> and uh, recently, I drove all the way up Calif- all the way up California to uh, to Oregon. Uh, that drive sucked ass just as bad. I bet it you know why? Because it's just, just like, you're like, I'm still in California. California. Like, I'm still in this place. I've been on the road for tw- for 16 hours, and you're still in the same state. It's, it's discouraging. In California, the one with the uh, the safety safety zone, slow down to 55. No, that's New Mexico. No, Is that but... New Mexico? Boy, it drives me crazy going down. No, the one that the one that's the problem in California is if you're towing a trailer, it's 55 miles. Oh yes, yep. yeah, it Dude, sucks. Pull my hair out when we went to Ensenada and Baja for that. Hey, so I don't, I didn't travel a lot. I don't. That's not really my thing. So when I when I went to Texas, I was moving my grandma back from Texas to California, and we were pulling her car back on a trailer, oh, and I was like, I was, like I was doing 55 like an asshole, <laughs> not knowing that you can do 70. Yeah, I was like, this is so nice. (laughs) So, Gerald, I'll I'll ask you and Terry kind of both at the same point. If I can coordinate it this year, when Jeff's car is actually back together and running a new um, fitment, is that the correct word, Jeff? New fitment? Um, (laughs) I would like to coordinate to get both of you here to Houston and uh, be able to hang out. Um, meet Evan, meet Jeff, meet Robbie, myself. Uh, I'll sit down and have dinner together. That'd be pretty cool. I'd be yeah, down. Sure. When, when when would that be? Um, probably I... July, August, right? Jeff, Robbie, what do you think? That's the hopes. Things That's... are actually moving pretty pretty quickly now in the car. So. Okay. Yeah, I just get, I. I think that's uh, sometime in August. My kid goes back to school. Which, uh, it's Robbie's hottest hell in Houston. Man. As long as it's I'll not the first the weekend of August. First weekend of July is Gulf Greyhound. Okay. Uh, August drift event would be Mineral Wells, but um, if we want to just do something in the middle of August, figure it out. Yeah, I, I, have, yeah. I have comp on August 3rd. Uh, I'm competing that day, and then I know that the date hasn't been released yet, but they're going to be doing a um, a shootout over here, kind of like the way they did uh, NDU last year. Or was it NDU oh, or yeah. U.S. Drift? Yeah. Well, they're doing that shootout. They're doing it over here in Northern California. Um, I don't know when it is exactly. I know the where date was released. I can't think at the top of my head, but I know I'm doing that. So if I have funds to go to Texas, I would definitely be down to go. Um but if I can't afford to go, it's if it's go to Texas or go compete, I'm probably gonna go compete. Well, you gonna need an Apex sponsor? Is that what you're saying? What's that? Yeah. You need an Apex sponsorship to get to Houston? I, you know, uh, I don't think you can paint my car while it's here, unless you want to fly oh. out. <laughs> never know. You never, you never know. know what? It's... He's got a really long range spray gun. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what? Someone. You know, and and I think I think we talked about this last time about you know painting versus rapping. Um, I crash a lot, so I opted to rap. Don't crash your shit. I opted to cr- to wrap my car. Right. So this way, when uh, I hit a wall, I can just go get like a new body panel that's not messed up and wrap it in the same color. Because painting takes so much work. So, so you call me old, and I'll say improve your driving skills. You know, everyone <laughs> says that. Everyone says that. I've been in like 20 accidents. Uh, okay. I've crashed like then 20 times. But no, I mean, it, and it is, if you're a guy who is, and let's just use a comparison of like road racing with spec Miatas. If you're the guy that's hitting all kinds of shit all day long, <laughs> and you just want to wrap your car in like matte white or matte black, gloss black, gloss white, the simple colors, mm-hmm. man, it's way cheaper. At the point you go to a print, you're going to spend 5 to $9 a square foot plus installation. At that point, if you're in good with a body shop, you can get the work done cheaper. Oh, really? Yeah. This You've is... got to create a relationship with that shop. That's, you know, that's the ticket to it. I have, I have one that's like literally down the street from me. It's my dad, uh, I grew up with my dad, like so. He builds old hot rods. That's that's why I grew up around cars. So he nice. has one painter. He's always gone to. Yep. Uh, they kind of lost touch. They kind of had like a, mm, I don't know. They exchanged words. They stopped talking for a while. They, well, they ran into each other the other day, and they made up. That's good. So he so was. Is this seen you grow up. Yeah. So he's down the well, street. Shit, I might should go be all over that then. He's down the street. I might go bug him. Because I ironically rented a house down the street from his shop. If he's a if he's a paint and body guy, yep. Grab you a six pack of Bud Light, and roll up in there like you own the place. Sit down, kill the six pack, and see what happens. You know he's not the drinking type. We'll take him a bottle of distilled water, whatever. I don't care. Shit, I don't know what he does. That's a good question. He's like he's like I don't have time for this. I'll be like shit. What do you have time for? Yeah, go sit down, have a good time. It's just water with him. For Richard, we got to go find that hundred pack of Bud Light and show off at his house. Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing: if you don't, if you don't initiate the conversation, yeah, it'll never happen. Right. And and half of it too, like on the auto body side, is the worst part of paint and body is the actual prep work. Yeah. Is the actual time it takes to prep it, and there are multiple people i have sponsored jeff's not one of them now but he has in the past shown up and helped sand and prep the car and if you want to put forth a little bit of that effort wrap it yourself you might as well do the sanding yourself let them spray it the spraying is the easiest part yeah that's that's the part i'm willing to do that's (laughs) (laughs) seriously i am the worst the fumes don't you you're in california and miss that stuff you know, I, I'm the worst when it comes to, like, actually prepping for paint. I remember I, I had an old Jeep. I painted that once. I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> like, halfway through it, I was like, I do not want to do this ever again. And I will say this. That thing looked like shit. And I did not care. <laughs> I was like, nope, I know how much work it goes. I know how much work it's going to take to make it look nice. And I do not care to do that much work. Yeah, I'm not a paint and body guy. I will bolt something on. I'll weld something up. Not very good, but I'll try. But that's pretty much the sticker on your car that says "built, not bought." Right? No, I'm not an asshole. (laughs) No, I I honestly, there's so much stuff I did when I was just the car guy compared to what I'm doing now. Like you know, trying to race, it's completely different. 
And anybody who's just a car guy, I don't think they will understand that until they actually do it. I think they're very different. Being, you know, a car enthusiast and then doing this, you know, it's completely, it's two different worlds, in my opinion. Yeah, building yep. a street car and building a race car are completely different worlds. Mm-hmm. Because I, I still want to build a street car, but racing is really expensive and doesn't allow street car things. Agreed. Or you don't have a street car or a race car, you just have a tow truck. I got that for sure. <laughs> yeah. And a trailer. Robbie, Jeff, anything you guys wanted to throw out on this as well? Miss, that you have questions for Evan or for Terry or myself? Comments, thoughts, anything? Man, I don't have any really questions. I mean, the biggest thing I can. I can give anybody about sponsors is, uh, you know, develop a relationship and, and work hard at keeping it, you know, it's, um, you know, myself, I, you know, Richard's nice. He's, he's, uh, you know, very close to me as far as living distances. Um, so it's, it's easy to keep contact with him. Um, Evan, I try to make, you know, a phone call to him at least once a month and just touch base and, you know, come see see how he's doing anything like that. Just uh, chit chat. And, uh, you know, it's, that's the biggest thing of it. You know, I mean, you got to put forth effort and show them that you're still there and you're still, uh, you know, wanting to be uh, part of a program with them. And, uh, I think with anything, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep uh, relevance, you know, uh, anytime you start to die out, then, uh, you know, they're gonna stop forgetting about you and, uh, they're gonna see that you're not willing to put forth the effort. Hmm. It happens. And then this question is for each of you, and it might be worded differently for each of you. I think for 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 Rob and Jeff, it might be, um, you know, what is, for somebody who wants to be a driver and who's reaching out to these people, what is the number, what's the, what's the best advice you can give somebody to do something that they want to do? And then I kind of want to segue that away over into Evan as far as, you know, I'll ask him that question when we get there. Uh, for me, it's you want to try and be with people who not only support you, but you can uh, that you're you're comfortable around and that you like being around, and you like dealing with. Um, and it's not everything. Obviously, there are sometimes it doesn't work, but like I've had careless stickers on cars for six years and. You know, it just it really it's been last year and this year that we kind of got together on anything. Uh, we just kept running the stickers because he's always at the events. He's always supporting the events. He's always there. Uh, and, you know, and Richard is always, always available to do anything and, you know, call us just to have dinner or whatever else, um, you know, just hang out at the shop or whatever. Uh, and then, like, Terry, in my opinion, it's the product is absolutely worth it. And I like, uh, like the direction that everything go, you know, is going. So it's, it's, you gotta, gotta, you can't go shooting for sponsors that don't, that you don't have any sort of connection to, uh, and just hoping that they're going to give you something. You gotta have at least some connection, whether it's going in or whether you make it along the way, but, um, just going in for product is kind of ridiculous. 
Yeah, and, and for me, as far as a driving standpoint, you know, you wanted to get into it, do it. Uh, the best thing to do is just get out there. I mean, you're not – you can sit there and think about it in, in as much as you want, and that's not going to do anything proactive. Um, whether you're in there with, you know, a stock car or whatever, you know, you got to get out there and, and at least go to an event and see if, once you actually drive if that is something you truly want to continue to do. Um, you know, me, I was hooked right away and, you know, I've, I've stayed with it many a years. I've had, you know, bad years and I've had good years and I'm still here. Um, and as far as, you know, sponsors, you know, me, I've, I've kind of adapted the, the kind of almost shop local kind of deal where I kind of reach out to the people that I know I can go and drink, you know, have a beer with or whatever, you know, that I can, I look for more, I guess you'd say the family kind of standpoint where, you know, your sponsors almost become family, um, you know, where they're you know, on a first name basis with everybody and, you know, the same way. Um, I've done that with Richard. I've done that with Evan and uh, Terry. You know, we've had little contact with Terry and it's more of just a, a distance thing with Terry for me. Um, you know, I love the product and I, I've, I've been running it and preaching it for years. Um, and it's it's definitely with especially with my car having electronic steering rack it was a huge improvement um just due to the mannerisms of how i have to how i had to drive the car um and um yeah i mean it was it was a huge improvement for me it was a big safety item for me um it just you know that's 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 key for me i i come from road racing and working on race cars um i've dealt with some pro race cars and everything else and it's you know, safety is always a big priority for me and, uh, anything I can do that makes the car safer for me and more comfortable to drive. It's always a big, uh, big thing for me. And then for Evan, since you're promoting a lot of, um, to follow your passion, what, I don't, I, I don't know how I'm going to word this question. Uh, how would you, what would you tell somebody who doesn't, who doesn't, they have a passion, but they don't know how to get started? Like, what was, what would be your advice for them? Like, well, I mean, it doesn't need to be really, racing. It doesn't need to be racing. It could be anything. It's super easy to get bogged down and make excuses. And, um, I mean, specifically, I guess kind of, if you were to simplify careless as a clothing brand, which we are really making an aggressive impact to try and do much more than that. But if you were to simplify it down to a clothing brand, I've had a lot of younger people my age. They look at me and like, yo, it must be nice. It must be easy to just like start a clothing brand. Like it must be nice. Just to, it's that must just have, you know, came out of nowhere. It's like, not really, dude. Like, yeah, well, well, how do you start? It's like, honestly, you get a composition notebook and just to put, start putting some ideas in it. Like it's literally, you start with a design, you start with a brand, you start with a mission statement, you know, that all has to come from somewhere or like Terry, um, if I apologize if I messed up your name, but Terry, with the you know designing a steering wheel, it's like you just have to have an idea. You have to have a desire to make something different that stands out, and you have to believe in that product, and you have to invest in it. And um, I would say kind of the same goes for both sides. It's like you just have to be confident in whatever it is you're trying to do, whatever it is you're trying to be unique in, whatever it is you're trying to shine or your desire to make the world better. I mean, not to go too crazy far out there, but it's like Elon Musk, he chooses to do a lot of crazy, bizarre things that don't really make sense. But in uh, one of his interviews that I watched a long time ago, it kind of motivated me. He's like, I don't necessarily want to solve the problem, but if I can help fix the problem for the next generation, then I've done something relevant. And it's like, it's not even necessarily about being the best, the one that completes the task, but it's like just making an impact and pushing it forward and putting something better out there. 
that like leaves the room for more progression. I think that's just the ultimate mindset, you know, because a lot of people have a closed ideal on how something should play out or how certain things should be limited or how maybe being a race car driver is unrealistic and it's a financial waste hole. But, you know, if that's what you want to do or if you want to build a race car and, you know, try and do something with that or if you want to try and build a YouTube channel and follow that passion, it's like, you know, without exploring it you're never going to know so just investing in it if you want to start a clothing brand get a notebook and a pencil out just start writing some ideas and once you have a badass one go make a t-shirt you know just it's a simple as simple as actually making a task and quit making excuses hmm. that's yeah you're you're exactly right because that um that's exactly where i was at you know several years ago when when i i had the idea for superior two years before I actually did anything with it. And uh, I had taken a job and, and that took me out of town and, and started doing it. And that job failed miserably. And I came back to the Valley, my tail tucked between my legs, you know, trying to think of, okay, you know, what's next, you know, uh, uh, apparently I, I'm, I'm getting old and, uh, Correct. Y- y- you know, it's just like, you know, man, you know, I, I could see the sand in the hourglass, you know, kind of, running out it's just like you know now what and and i had a good buddy you know kind of tell me exactly like you said you know was uh he's like dude you got this idea why don't you try it and you know and and, and it is it's scary it, and it's it's still scary for me sometimes you know when i try something new or take a risk on something but i was just like man i'm, I'm kind of scared to do it you know what if it fails and he's like well what if it succeeds and he's like you never know unless you unless you try it and, you know, he, uh, he literally, you know, gave me that shove off the ledge and, you know, and like I say, here we are now and it's, it's the best thing I've ever done. And, 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 and also going back to your other statement of, of people saying, you know, man, it must be nice, you know, you know, being your own boss, you know, you can do whatever. And it's like, dude, I work four times as hard as I ever have any job I've ever had working for somebody else working for myself and, and doing this stuff. You know, I, I put in three times the hours that I used to, you know, Saturdays, Sundays, holidays, you know, it doesn't matter, you know? So yeah, anybody that says, you know, must be nice to do, you know, do your own thing and have your own business. Yeah. They, they have no clue. They yeah, have it's no a lot clue more stressful. the dedication it takes. And stressful. And stressful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's very stressful. It, it, it's it's not as easy as uh you know having a shop you know just painting cars. You know that that sounds really easy. I, I like how <laughs> you've all just okay. segued into each other. Yeah, I don't, even, yeah. I don't even have to ask the questions. Yeah, because um, I was actually going to ask. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, ask it. I want yours. Yours is probably better than mine. So go ahead. No, it's it's probably it was very similar to what he just said. Since your job is really, um, since your job is really easy, uh, right. no, actually, what, what, uh, I, I, I want to ask you this because this is, did you, uh, shit, how do I word it? Uh, how did I get here? No, it's not the question. Okay. It's definitely <laughs> not the. No, that that's that's a that's a great answer. question. I know that's. That was I, don't, long. I don't think we have that much time. Um, yeah. No, my question would be, when you first started. Um, did you start paint and body first or did you start, uh, the fab work first or did they both just kind of uh, roll in? It was actually, it was actually paint and body, which was 
actually segued via vinyl. So I was old autocross guy. We autocrossed and uh, bought a vinyl machine so I could do airbrush work. Do you use the vinyl as stencils for your paint work? Mm-hmm. And uh, as I left the body shop industry, uh, people kept asking me to do their paint and body work and was doing my own and grew into wide bodies. And then, hey, can you build me a roll cage? Could we built one for our lemons cars back in the day? Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, the growth that we've seen, example, last race, there was 114 cars and 48 of the cars on track had cages that were built by Apex Auto Works. So, you know, it's been it's been 18 years of growth, you know, 10 years of, uh, of lemons and uh, gone from it just being me and my wife in the shop with the kid, Ricky, in the stroller um, to now I've got five guys working for me full time. And then I try and hustle when I can, but I'm busy with White Pony. And sadly, I've got an oil and, jo- oil and gas job that pays me quite well. Hmm. Um, so I can't run away from that. So I've got White Pony. I've got Apex Auto Works. And then a day job, and I'm still married with two kids. And when you think you're working a lot, you're not working enough because you're thinking about working. You should be working, not thinking about it. Um, yep. If you're not making money, you're spending money. Get off your ass and go do something. Don't sit around and whine and bitch about it. Those are wise words from an experienced individual. <laughs> with gray hair. With gray hair. You got the salt and pepper look, or are you full-blown gray now? No, salt and pepper. It's coming in <laughs> thick, though, man. Jesus. <laughs> no, actually, what I was going to ask you is, like, so when you did you when you first started your fab stuff, since you said someone asked you to do it. Um, right. This is kind of a question for me, but I'm pretty sure other people might be experiencing the same thing like me. I'm not a fab guy. I don't, you know, I don't know how to weld. I bought a welder, though. Nice. That's so, the first step. So what would That's you... That's the what best kind of, way to learn. What... <laughs> Yeah, what kind of um, advice would you give somebody who's just starting out um, as far as, like, what to do, what not to do? Don't make certain mistakes. It's just like when you're, like, 10, 11 years old, and you're standing on the high dive board at the community pool, and you've either got to jump in or walk down the stairs or ladder like a little bitch. Jump in, both feet first, get in the fucking deep end. You'll either figure it out or not. There's this thing called Google that's made it so easy to figure shit out. If you're willing to read a little bit, do a little bit of research, you can figure anything out. Um, don't be afraid. People um, have failed before, and people are going to continue failing. But I, if you don't learn from that failure, you're done. That's I have that same mindset. That's what I was kind of asking. Um, yep. We just jumped in, yeah. literally. And then some people are kind of like, ah, you did it wrong. D- just don't do it oh, anymore. Yeah. You'll get that. Dude, all kinds of haters. Haters yep. is praise. They're hating because they're sitting behind a fucking keyboard. Get out of the shop and do something. I, I jumped in and kind of did both of my cages myself. In the uh-huh. first time. Like, uh, basically, you just got to remember that, worst case, a grinder and a sawzall work just as well as a wrench. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got, bo- I've got both of those. So. Yeah. Um, actually- just go in, and if you fail, you cut it out and start over whatever it's just man we screwed up i had one cage just as reference i had one cage we were building on a uh, bmw m3 and i'm quite the stickler for the cages being extremely tight but the right a pillar bar he built nine of them before i was happy with it (laughs) yeah he wasted more cage material than i made on the job 
But when the cage left, it's what I wanted. Huh. And when stuff leaves, your name is on it. So it has to be what you want. Same thing Terry's doing, same thing Evan's doing. It's got to be right. Yeah, when we built the first one of my friend's cart, um, we had at least two spare main hoops mm-hmm. and I think four right side A pillars. There you go. We built three, two of them that were wrong, got one right, or no, three of them that were wrong, got one right, and then went to build the left side and we built another right side. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when you did the, when you went to go uh, make your bends? Yeah, when you went, go to make the second bend with the compound in it, yeah, we bent another right side instead I, of bending the next left side. So. I, I've done that at work. I've been conduit sometimes. <laughs> and like I'll, I'll, I'm like I'm supposed to go right here and then I'll go left because I have the stupid conduit upside down. Yeah, I've done that. Uh, that's why I think that's why I think I can do it because I know there's just like a formula to bend that conduit. So I'm pretty sure there's just a formula to bending uh, tube. And the nice thing about cages is uh, if you have spare main hoops or spare uh, a pillars, you can usually cut out the straight sections and use them to fill in the door bars. Or put it in the next lemons car because they want a discount on their cage. Right, exactly. That's the bonus right there. So, there you go. Well, and, and, well and, and Rich, you're talking about you know having having nine you know uh, sections of, of that cage that you know wouldn't you know wouldn't worth the damn anymore. You, you know, I mean, it's kind of the same thing with us. You know, when we roll the the rings and everything for our steering wheels. You know, I do that myself, and and I've got a nice little stack of. Uh, of reject rings that have, you know, nice little waves in them or, you know, they're, they're, you know, definitely not straight. And then the same thing with the centers that we cut, you know? So, I mean, but, you know, like Richard said, if, if it's not right, it's not going out, you know, that's just, that's one of those things. I mean, what's, what, what's that whole deal with WD 40, you know, it's pretty cool, but you know, hell they failed 39 times before they got to where they needed to be. Shit. Go to Edison, go with the light bulb, 10,000 tries, right? Yeah. So same situation. You want excellence. You, you you're gonna push through it. And you're gonna have failure. You're gonna have failure not trying. Tune into little Gary V. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I, I I have an idea for a steering wheel I want now. Since I know that you paint them and everything, I think I'm gonna have to hit you up after this. I paint them. He wraps them. He only spray paints them black. And he's the running man anyway. So you wouldn't hit me up for paint. Uh, uh, how about he? How about he makes it? He sends it to you for you to paint it. And you yeah, said you said you had you said you had airbrush. We do uh, that too. Um, no, I'm going with like a. Uh, you guys ever seen like a Cadillac race car from the like past ten years? Like a legitimate like Cadillac factory yes. race car. Yep. They have a very um, particular like livery they go with with uh, parallelograms. And that's, yeah. I kind of turned one of theirs. I, I bit the idea of the parallelogram and I kind of made it something of my own. And that's what my livery is supposed to be. And I was kind of thinking about maybe throwing a steering wheel in there like that now. Yeah, Richard, just, do you want to airbrush that? I just, we can. I just did a three, I just bought a three bolt from, um, just from Summit. It was, it was just a cheap one. I needed one. And then I bought a weld on um, quick release. For my stuff. I'll say this with with the quick release wheels and the cheap stuff, man. I'm telling you, check out some Woodward Fab. The uh, the weight savings and how well it works is worth the money. Because you don't realize how many times you honestly probably put your steering wheel on and off more times than you do the wheels on your car. And being able to do that fluid, very fluid, 
And then also, if the car is on fire and you have to get out in a hurry, having oh, a yes. piece of equipment there will make a huge difference in your life. Or could. The Woodward Fab what again? Woodward Fab. Uh, company makes steering components. Their steering, steering wheel release is so far superior, pun intended, um, yeah. than everything else out there. That's So our we use Woodward Fab hubs with our superior steering wheels on pretty much... 98% of what we build in our shop. Huh, I didn't know. I didn't know that they, uh, I just went with, uh, I think I just went with like a Joe's Racing. Yeah, Wild Joe's Racing. Joe's is big and big and circle track. The yeah. Joe's are usually either your six large six point hex or the 32 spine, but the uh, difference of the Woodward Fab is astounding. I think well, it's just, and, and more I expensive. Think the, it's not the... cheap. Yeah, yeah, I think the Woodward Fab one, I think that's what a lot of the uh, the NASCAR teams actually use. Yeah, they yeah, have NASCAR-specific one. Uh, they're very nice. Richard, speaking of Woodward, I need to get with you because I need to take that, like, 80 pounds of factory steering column out of my car. Yes. <laughs> down. <laughs> Let's fix it. Is, is that how much that thing weighs, really? I don't know. It's built in a uh, telescope, and it's not light. So. Yeah, Damn, mine's not a telescope. My, my only uh, tilts. So I don't have that much extra in there, but I just I got rid of my dash and I'm making one out of a uh, aluminum. Uh, don't forget that that's not FD legal. That's not FD legal. What? <laughs> what? Yes. It has to uh, resemble a factory dash. Yep. What the so hell? I'm glad I, I'm glad I didn't throw my dash away yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you could do like the top half of the OE dash and then the bottom half of the aluminum, but. It has to resemble the OE dash. I hate everything about that now. <laughs> if you look at like the Mustangs, they split it at the uh, the line where the vents are, and they'd only use the top half of it. Like I didn't know that. Uh, I actually just thought it said you had to run a dash. I don't remember it saying anything about it being a factory dash. Yeah, it, has no. to resemble, it don't even have to be a factory. It just has to resemble. I think like, one of the... Do you, do you remember like uh, Conrad and uh, Tyler's cars were like complete carbon dashes? Yeah. And yeah, they, got, they were the factory they style. Were, yeah, the shape of the factory dash. And I think somebody has like an S13 or S15 replacement fiberglass dash in and like a some other. I think one of the ATSs has an S15 dash in it, but it's close enough for FD. Uh, there are easier ways to get weight out of your car than dash. Yeah. No, uh, I, I have like this big, I don't know if the Camaro has it too. Um, the way that the frame or the support for the dash. Dash bar. Yep. Yeah, it's not a dash bar. You know, the, the bracket holders far welded to the factory A pillars that hold the dash bar. Uh, I think I have a picture. I think I'm just gonna send it in the group chat just so you guys can see it. Uh, yeah, I think what you're talking about. It's, it's like a, these, these square stamped boxes that hold the factory dash bar. Uh, maybe I don't want to say that's what it is because it might be totally. Maybe I just don't know how to um, describe it uh, yeah. verbally. But it's a big hunk of junk. And it's in my damn way. Cut it out. Cut it out. That's what yeah. I wanted to do, but it supports the whole dash. No, all you got to do is just make some tabs. Change, on right? That's dash. what I was going to do. I was going to do the um, the dash bar and then just make tabs and try to. Uh... That's all I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just I got some thin flat bar and uh -huh. uh, and just <clears throat> attach them to the to whatever factory hole I could find in the dash that had the threaded insert in it. And then uh, weld it into the cage wherever they met the cage. It works great. You can't yeah. see it. I just found out that the uh, that dash bar in the car is only a recommendation. It's not even an, uh, it's not mandatory. Right. 
by yeah, SD. I would recommend putting it in. Oh, no, no. <laughs> it's going in. We, yeah. We with my car, it has a massive factory dashboard. Uh -huh. So we tied the A-pillars into the... Uh, we basically triangulated the A-pillars into the factory dashboard. So you either cut the factory dashboard out or you tie the cage into the factory dashboard. Depends on your rule set. Yeah. So try and minimize weight. All expenses, but you also don't want to sacrifice on safety. That's where we went with Jeff's car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's tying, uh, tying the eight pillars together is pretty critical. That's what I figured. So, uh, it seems like it would be pretty important. I just gotta make sure I get at the right height because I still have to mount my stock for now. Um, we're just steering column. Well, if you mount, it, if you make it high enough, really, you want your dashboard right at the bend in your eight pillars, and that'll usually put it above the steering column. And then I just I I attached or I welded standoffs from the eight pillars to yep. the to the and then you can make it you can make it wherever you want. I even I even missed by a little bit on my standoff length, so there's there's a spacer in there. If I'm not mistaken, well, my bends are kind of high on my car. Yeah, but you set the bar. You can set the bar on the straight vertical portion, and then you make extensions from that bar to adjust the steering wheel height to where you want. Yep. It's even like, though you have telescope now. Uh, there we go. I just sent it in the chat, in the in the Skype chat. So you guys will see. There's that big piece of lead that goes all the way across, or it's aluminum, I think. Probably magnesium. Be careful with that. Be, and look at that cheap ass steering wheel. What the fuck, Batman? <laughs> well, I, well, that, that was my whole deal in the very What are you yeah, like a size five shoe? Like what the hell is that? Yeah, the, the whole part when you said you wanted to make the dash look better, and I was like, man, that's simple. Just oh. get a, you know, a badass superior steering wheel, put it in there, then that's Done. the focal point. They're not going to be looking at the dash. Okay, so you need to move closer to Texas so we can help you out with some of this stuff. But I add caution because when I was building Jeremy Foley's C5 Corvette, mm -hmm. um, the dash bar that, like what I'm looking at here, was actually magnesium. Mm -hmm. So anywhere we cut it and dust landed, when the arcs of welding hit it, it flash fired and it was like fireworks going off in the shop. It was pretty cool, but scary all at the same time. I want to pull that out all together and just throw yep. a dash bar in there. Yeah. And then, um, it's magnesium. Is it? Absolutely. It, well, it's trash is what it's going to be. Yep. Remove it. The other thing you have to remember though, is the magnesium is extremely light. You just won't want it there. If the car ever catches on fire. Yeah. Yeah. And where is it right next to the firewall? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is GM. Give it a break. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, it just, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and make sure you pad that roll cage, your lower left foot, please, with SFI padding, not pool noodle. Oh, no, no, no. I, I have actually already bought all that stuff. That cage that's orange, that's actually coming out. And I don't know if you noticed um, on the. The left side, you see how far it is away from the actual A pillar. Well, that's why you have dimple dies to cover up how far away Dude, it is. Dude, that's it's yeah, so it's nuts so how much, how much uh, I can't see. Um, right. I what's yeah, the, lost a lot of you. Yeah, it's a lot. Concerning to me. I bought uh, this car this way. Put two inch dimple dies in their uh, A pillar gussets. Mm -hmm. Like you could put a beer can through those dimple dies. I, I don't. Right. I don't really care for dimple dies. They don't really do anything for me. Like as far as aesthetics, I would rather have that cage welded to the A pillar. That's my preference. That's how I would Agreed. like to see it. I like to see it clean, and not see it at all from the outside of the car. Um, yep. I mean, but that's is this is how I bought the car. I bought the car already caged. It was 
fifteen hundred bucks with a cage in it, and I what? Had, yeah, and I had the cage. I had the parts. Stole that, huh? You, yeah, you stole that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you still gonna use that chassis, or are you gonna use the new one that you picked up? Uh, the new one I picked up was gonna be the one I build from the ground up. This one I'm just going to make okay. work for pro. I just leave this cage and go party. Yep. Exactly. One. Yeah, and I just now, I just think I'm gonna get rid of that the magnesium dash though. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, get that thing out of there. Yeah, uh, I would also add that your steering wheel, just because it's large and in our face, um, this size that you have here mm-hmm. is what Terry would call his big boy, and it's a little bit smaller than his big boy, but his steering wheel is actually a little smaller on the ring, which makes it easier to get your hands around. You know, I got so, little girl hands, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> You'd probably like this smaller wheel then. Yeah, and you know what I don't? You know, I do want the bigger, the 15-inch wheel like this one is here. I do like that. That's the only thing I did like. Yep. Well, um, this one's probably, what, a 2-inch to a 3-inch dish already? I think it was like 2.5. Something yeah. like that. I have to pull the part number up to, to know for sure. Yeah, push the car frontwards and backwards. See if the string wheel moves. Um, it's it's oh, on I jack stands right now. <laughs> It's a Cadillac. Yeah, it's a boat. It'll be okay. I, actually, I did find out the previous owner, it weighed 3,300 pounds with him in it. And I like—I've probably lightened it up, I'd say, at least 150 pounds from when he, from what he did to it. Yeah, you're doing better than uh-huh. I am. How's that car lighter than your car? I don't it's know. It's got four doors. <laughs> it must be and, without the doors. No, he had a, that was with him, and he actually still had door panels on. Wow. Yeah, so I cut out all the re- all the metal in the back, and then I also cut out um, the doors. He had he didn't cut the um, he didn't cut out the doors at all, like the inserts, like on the inside. So I'm gonna cut those out to try to save some more weight too. As much weight as I can save, the better, because this thing is a boat. Leave leave the impact bar if you can. Yeah. No, 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 that's staying on the actual the the door skin. Yeah, the inner skin can uh, the, come out, but the what? No, the, I'm talking about the inner skin. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, the inner skin is what the only thing I'm cutting out. Yeah, there's no people windows have to in. cut the crash bar out, but the car, crash bar is also high strength steel, so you'll destroy a bunch of saw blades and cutoff wheels getting through it. And the strength of that inside your doors is additional side impact protection that you should keep. Falling when you open them. Yep. You don't have the problem I do. My doors are four feet long, and if I cut that out, they they just drag on the ground. The no. Only thing you have four feet. Oh long. no, no, I'm not cutting. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'll keep the frame. I'm only cup, cutting actual the actual center out. Yeah. Yeah. This is a door panel area. Correct. If I could run a if I can run aluminum panels, I probably will just for aesthetics. Yeah. You want the aluminum? No, go NASCAR bars, but that. Put your door bar in your in your way out. It's huge for room inside the car for you to work with. Driver comfort. If you're not comfortable, you can't go fast. Exactly. Yeah, I found that out in the last car when I found out my uh, harness bar was installed in the wrong location, so I had to adjust my seat to make it past tech, and it pushed me up like two inches further than I was normally sitting, yep. and that got real uncomfortable real fast can happen yeah that's why this one is uh i'm placing the seat and then i'm gonna build the harness bar <laughs> yep <laughs> but 
Um, is there anything that you guys wanted to talk about? I think we're actually approaching two hours right now. My God, man. Evan. So much time. Honestly, man, I'm good. It's just kind of cool to hear everybody's backstory and, you know, the different mindset as we all are business owners. So we're kind of in a similar position, but yet we all have different perspectives and just different motivations on how we, how we kind of run things. I could definitely agree with that. I like hearing uh, the way people handle things differently. Because if yeah, someone I'm handles bad. something shittier than you, it makes you feel like a better person. <laughs> yeah. So are we a, a week or two weeks out of round one? Uh, not this weekend, but the following weekend. Yeah, two weeks. Lone Star Drift, yeah. yeah. Your first round is while I'm in Mexico. Yep. So. I'll be there drinking beer for you. Hey, wait, aren't you guys around TK? Uh... TX2K? Yes, TX2K. All kinds of fun. Oh yeah. Okay, wait, real quick. What is that? Is that just a street thing, or is that there's? Do you actually go somewhere for that, or do you just go to Texas? And track. They've they've incorporated all three now, so that the street racing is not endorsed or condoned, but it happens a lot. Um, And then they do roll racing at Royal Purple, and they do drag racing, eighth mile and quarter mile at Royal Purple as well. Okay, that's uh, I was just curious. Yeah, it's not Royal Purple, whatever the name of it is now, but it's Houston changed. Raceway Park or something. That yes, but dude, man, just let me vent for a second. Went out there day one to deliver some white pony product to some racers. Thirty bucks to get in for the day on a Friday. Wow. But I come back Saturday. I'm like, surely thirty bucks was free for the weekend, right? No, it's thirty dollars per day to go. Um, yeah, it's challenging. And people complain about. 15 to go to Lone Star for the weekend. Exactly. And way more show. Dude, the broke cars at the drag strip, you break one, shut down for 30 minutes. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Or how long were they shut down when that Viper went into the wall? Shoot. I was not there for that. I just Is that the stories. Viper that split into half? No, it was still sort of in one piece, but it moved the concrete wall. Move, move the jersey barriers. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Big hit. But Brooke, the uh, one of... My other sponsor, one other female, my only female sponsor, Pink GTR, Brooke. Um, just look up Brookie GTR. But she ran a 988 in a uh, basically stock setup with upgraded turbos. Awesome. So, very, very cool. Yeah, a friend There's some of fast cars out there. Crazy. Mm-hmm. A friend of Put mine has one with his motor up. We'll have to get some white pony from you. If nothing else to clean up, Jeff's beard. Oh, I have to get with Aaron, actually. I'm going to try and get some out there for the series. Um, nice. so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Actually, I saw my, but I'm going to try and get with him before I leave for Mexico. Real quick, what made you come up with White Pony? Um, a lot of beer. Um, no, the, I'm just trying to fit beer in every time I can. Sorry. The story Sorry. goes, actually, at like five or six years old, I remember scrubbing freaking clay kitty litter oil dry on the driveway trying to get the oil up out of the concrete from my father's drag race car, 68 Roadrunner, that just always blew up, and he was always working on it. Forever have worked with oil drying with a shop that's dirty and nasty. Have always been looking for something better and have bought a bunch of products. I found something that worked pretty good and was talking to a friend who owned another shop, and they were like, well, you know this is just X, Y, and Z. And I was like, I don't know about what Z is. What is Z? I got educated on it, spent about a year and a half working on it, have been, what, Jeff, now two years in development, and have gone through episodes where what I gave them turned green inside of a week and completely molded and was horrible, 
Um, I've had probably 30 or 40 failures in a process. And now I've got something that works and we've got a patent pending and um, we're selling it in Australia, Canada, and the UK currently. Um, Laguna Seca is using it or Mazda Raceway Park mm -hmm. is using it. Um, Joliet, MSR Houston, MSR Crescent, and Indy. And how uh, is, you'll see Indy 500 as well. And how is it with concrete? Is it pulling up old oil? If or? it's old oil, you may have to put thinner on it or mineral spirits to get it liquefied. But anything that is wet, it will absorb. Okay. So, I'll try it out. I get my, yeah. on my daily leaks and... Uh, if it comes down to me pulling my trans out to replace a rear main sail or working on my car to get it ready in time, I'm probably gonna right. work on my car. Yeah, I get it. I also got a I, I also got a lifter ticking, and it's ticking. It's live. No, I got a uh, a Silverado with a 4.8 in it, and they're kind of known okay. for throwing lifters. Yeah, I've done that. Happens. <laughs> and, and and hey Richard on on the white pony is, is it like granules like a like a normal like oil dry or no what I tell people is compare it to baby powder I know that's why I was looking at it it is so fine that that's part of what makes it work so well and that's why it takes so little to use I mean it's fifteen to one compared to cat litter so if you're going to use a cup of cat litter you're going to use a fifteenth of that not even a thirty second of a cup. To absorb the same amount as what your normal clay litter would. Wow. You really have to use it to understand. And as I'll tell everybody that's listening to the podcast, hit me up on Instagram or Facebook. If you want a free sample, I'll get you a sample in the mail. Um, I'll get everybody on this call a sample except for Robbie and Jeff because they don't blow things up and they don't break things and make messes. They just race and they win. Um, but everybody else, I'll get you some product out so you can sample it and try it. I haven't blown anything up yet. Hopefully this year doesn't go like last year with the way I was going through power steering pumps last year. I contemplated yeah. filling my frame rails with white pony um, and just letting it come out on its own. If Tomlin ain't out there with white pony, uh, swing by mine or Robbie's bids, we'll have some on us. Yep. So we got some samples that we can be handing out. So. And yeah, since you're like this, they're, uh, they're one ounce, one ounce Ziploc bags of white powder. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say, Richard, be careful if you ever come down here to the valley, you know, and you're bringing something no, no, no. white pony. It's easy on going in, powder. it's difficult coming out. Easy going in, difficult coming out. Yeah, he took 500 one ounce bags to Mexico last year. I told him to get rid of it while he was down there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not a good idea. <laughs> uh, life is good, life is short, enjoy it. <laughs> Did you, did yeah, you guys use it on the dirt? Sample bags. Yeah, that's... That's... That's, how, that's how you end up in Mexican prison, man. <laughs> For sure. But, uh, you know, I think uh, I'm going to call it now because if I start going more and more into it, uh, we'll be here all night and then I won't even be able to upload the show because the file will be too big. <laughs> no more beers for you. Well, it sounded like a piece of metal hit the floor. Oh, no, it was glass. glass. Oh. All right. Um, I want to thank you all. Uh, if you guys can all, one by one, let us know where we can reach you at on Instagram, social media, email, whatever, however you guys prefer to be reached out to. Jeff Kurtz at 
primarily on Instagram, but I'm not saying one of these folks. Uh, Robbie Baldridge at Fifth Drift on Instagram and at um, Richard Tomlin at White Pony Dry, Facebook or Instagram. Um, also Apex Auto Works. And Terry Tabor with Superior Steering Wheels. Uh, you can catch us on, you know, we have our website, uh, Uh You can also catch us anywhere on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, you know, or just under, you know, my personal page, Terry Bear Tabor. All right, for sure. And then me, Evan Williams, you can check me out on uh, Instagram at Mr. Careless is my personal page. And then for the main company page, it's going to be Careless on Instagram, Facebook, the website, just Careless Everything. So Careless with a K, K-A-R-E-L-E-S-S. So we'll keep trying to push the ball with the podcast. And I'm excited about Lone Star Drift, man. It's definitely the highlight to our season is going out to the drift events. Awesome, man. Thank you guys for coming on. And I'm going to check out that podcast tomorrow. I got a long drive in the morning. So hey, sounds good. Let me know what we can do better. <laughs> All right, man. You guys have a good night. Thank you, everyone. You too. Right, thank you for having us. All right, bye bye.